First Kings chapter 19. I'd like to be able to start off with uh, verse 1, and we're going to read through verse, verses 1, 2, and 3. 1 Kings chapter 19. It says in 1 Kings chapter 19, in verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse 3. And when he saw that, when Elijah saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Let's bow in a word of prayer. God of heaven, Lord, we just ask as we do delve into your precious word and to your inspired word, God, we ask that you would uh, just uh, meet with us here this morning, that you would be able to uh, speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Guide me as I, as I speak. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, also just all soften our hearts to be able to hear uh, what you would have for us, Lord, whether to challenge or to comfort. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 19 starts off with Ahab telling Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He begins to tell her about the story that literally had happened yesterday. Now, I will have to admit, I would kind of love, I would rather tell you the story in 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, you know that story a little bit. You look back in your, in your Bible there in 1 Kings chapter 18, it's talking about what story? The story of Mount Carmel, the fire that comes from heaven. I mean, it is, it's riveting. Uh, from a competitive standpoint, I love sports. And uh, when you begin to see Elijah right there on, on top of Mount Carmel, it's him against how many? 450, right? 450 prophets of Baal. The competition is to see who can call down fire from heaven. Was it a fair competition? We can go either way with that, right? It wasn't really fair in the fact that it was just Elijah all by himself. But from a spiritual perspective, was it fair? No. It was God against Baal. And those two don't even compare. And Elijah knew that. Now everybody else was not looking at it from the spiritual perspective. And they believed that Elijah was going to lose. They're, remember, these, most of these people are pretty upset with Elijah. It hasn't been raining for forever. Ahab's been trying to find him. All of a sudden this guy shows up on the scene. And he lets them go first. He gives them the most time. He lets their sacrifice be dry when he douses his own with 12 barrels of water. And then almost in a dramatic fashion, we, we, we see in the Bible that Elijah actually asked the people to come a little bit closer. Come a little bit closer. And he restores the altar. 12 stones. 
Maybe they're hanging their head a little bit because they realize what those stones represent. It represents the 12 tribes of Israel. He makes the sacrifice. He makes the altar. He puts the sacrifice, douses it with water, and then he just simply gets down and he begins to pray and says, God, I want them to see you. I want them to, to know that you're the God of Israel. And I want them to be able to know that you are that powerful God and that you have sent me to be able to show that to them. And so, God, I want fire to come down from heaven. And did it come down? You bet it did, right? It destroyed the altar. It burnt up even the stones, the Bible says. But the best part of the story is what? The people then begin to shout, the Lord, he is God. They say it more than once. They say it twice. The Lord, he is God. It's a fascinating story. And then all of a sudden we flip over to 1 Kings chapter 19 and all of a sudden we realize this isn't as fun of a story, is it? It's kind of hard to read. It's kind of sad to read as we begin to see the mighty Elijah now running for his life. It says in verse 3, and when he saw that. What was that? We'll look right back to verse 2. What, what was he seeing? <laughs> he was seeing Jezebel. I don't know what he was seeing as he saw Jezebel. You probably have your own visual in your own brain of a very wicked and powerful woman. But when he concentrates on her and thinks about that, she said it in a lot of flowery words right there in verse 2, but in, 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 in basically, what was she saying? You're a dead man. I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. I'm fed up, Elijah. I'm done. And Elijah runs. Elijah begins to run away from the difficulty and from the problem. We would have loved to have maybe grabbed Elijah's head and pointed it back towards where? Back towards Mount Carmel. And reminded him of the God of yesterday. In verse 4 it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. He runs. He leaves his servant behind, the one person who might have been able to help him, to encourage him. He goes into the wilderness. We see him sitting down. We see him laying down, going to sleep, all the different physical ways of just giving up. And then we see him in verse 4 say those words, It is enough. God, I'm done. I'm tired. I can't handle it anymore, God. The path that you're asking me to continually to go down, Lord, is just a little bit too much. You see, sometimes we're really hard on Elijah when he runs, right? But how many of us would have run from Jezebel? 
And we also need to be reminded also, too, of what Elijah was going through. We're remembering Mount Carmel, right? That awesome story, and to, that, to us, that was exciting. And I want you to also to realize that that was also very super, obviously super exciting for Elijah. That was a huge moment in his life. But all of a sudden, after he goes up onto Mount Carmel and he sees the, the fire come down from heaven and the people are yelling out, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God, and the prophets of Baal are slain. And he races down the mountain and he wakes up the next day and all of a sudden he hears this threat by Jezebel. I'm still coming after you, Elijah. The war's not over. And basically we can imagine Elijah saying, Seriously, Lord? I'm supposed to run again? How long has Elijah been running from Ahab and Jezebel? Three plus years. And he's thinking, Lord, now you want me to do more of the same? Am I going to go find another brook? Do I have to go find another widow's house to be able to hide out in? Lord, how long is this going to last? Life can take its toll, can't it? And all of a sudden, the difficulty and the monotony and all of those different things and saying, I thought they were all going to be coming to the Lord and now all of a sudden it's just still me against the world. It's me against Jezebel. God, I'm tired and it's enough. I remember thinking early on in my childhood and as, as I was a teen and as a young adult, that the Bible tells us that we are supposed to continue to serve and when we get to heaven, what do we want to hear? Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. And I remember thinking in a little bit of my own naivety, well, that doesn't really seem to be that big of a deal. That's not that hard. God's not asking us to do great exploits, not asking us to do all these things. He just wants us to be faithful. And then all of a sudden you begin to go through some of the difficulties of life. And it begins to take its toll. And all of a sudden we get frustrated because the first king's 18 days, those mountaintop experiences, they seem to be so few. And we have to admit that there seems to be more first king's chapter 19 days in the valley. And if we're not careful, and if we lose our focus and we begin to concentrate on all of that, we can find ourselves getting to a point to say, God, Okay, what you asked for me those last 20 years or what you asked for me those other years of my life, that was all great and all, but I'm not so sure I can continue that same thing. Lord, I'm not so sure I can continue that same path. And a lot of times we just call it coasting. I'm just going to coast from here on out, Lord. I've done my part. I've been faithful up to a certain amount. But Lord, it takes its toll. If you can remember one thing here this morning, I'd ask you to be able to remember this. There may be times when we're ready to give up on the path that God has for us, but God is never ready to give up on that path. We already begin to see it right here in verse 5. What, is the, what happens in verse 5? An angel come, touches him, and says unto him, Arise and eat. Verse 6, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, 
and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again, what? The what? The second time. And touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Oreb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. In verse 9, And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah gives his pitiful answer in verse 10. And in verse 11, we begin to see how God shows up in a mighty way. He, he, sends, the, he sends the wind, but he's not in the wind. He sends the earthquake, but he's not in the earthquake. He sends the fire, but he's not in the fire. And then all of a sudden, he hears the what? The still small voice. By the way, the still small voice says the same thing. What are you doing here, Elijah? Are you counting how many times God has gone to get Elijah back onto the path? Four times. Angel, angel, the voice there in Mount Oreb, and then the still small voice. Four different times. God gives him food at the, with the first angel appearance. The angel gives him the food. I might be reading into it a little bit too much, but it's kind of interesting in verse 6, Elijah wakes up, he sees the food, sees the water, and what does he do? He eats it, drinks it, and goes back to bed. It was almost like, thanks Lord for the food, that was really great, going back to bed. God in His graciousness, in His mercy, sends the angel a second time. Gives him a little bit of an asterisk at the end. Oh yeah, by the way, Elijah, this food is for a journey. You got a big journey ahead of you. It's not just for sleeping. But I also do believe that God is gracious and even gives us those times of just resting, sleeping, blowing off a little bit of steam. But God is going to still continue to go after us. He wakes up and he goes in the strength of that food for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. We'd like to get a hold of some of that food, wouldn't we? Right? 40 days and 40 nights. And all of a sudden he finds himself in Mount Oreb, the Mount of God. It's a spiritual place. It's a place of God. It even says that. The Mount of God. But is that where God wanted him? God actually asked them that, Elijah, what are you doing here? You see, God had told him there's a huge journey. Later on, we find out what that journey involved. But we do not see Elijah saying, God, what do you want me to do? We can see by his response back to God in some of the questions that he wasn't ready. He was still saying, I don't want to have any part of it anymore, Lord. It's interesting to note that the Bible tells us that that journey where he was and where he went to, that he spent 40 days walking to, actually only takes 11. So it begs the question of what was he doing with the other 29? I believe he was just kind of walking around in circles, not sure exactly what to do. Have you found yourself there before? 
All of a sudden discouraged, all of a sudden having many 1 Kings chapter 19 days and saying, Lord, it's just a lot. Lord, I'm not really sure what to do. And so many times we kind of walk around in circles for time. Pastor mentioned it. I referred to it. Time flies, doesn't it? And if we're not careful and if we lose our focus off of God, we can waste some of that time. It's important that we get back up. God says... God says, actually, in verse 15 to Elijah, he says, I want you to go and return on thy way. Elijah, I need you back on the path. I need you back on the path. Go and return on thy way. God sees him in the desert and tells him to go back. Do you remember back in Genesis how God did the same thing with Hagar? Remember, Hagar wasn't really enjoying the path as Sarah's handmaid. She runs away. Who meets her in the, in the desert? The angel. The angel of the Lord. What does the angel of the Lord tell Hagar to do? Go back. That was the last message she wanted to hear. But the one comfort that she found in all of that was that God was there. She even gave him a name called El Roy, the God who sees me. And she went back. I'd like to finish up by asking you just one more question and reading one more verse. What would your opinion be of Elijah if he gave up right here in 1 Kings chapter 19? Would Mount Carmel lose its shine? Would we then talk about that story and then say, at the very end of after finishing that story, we would say, yeah, but after that he gave up. Or worse yet, Jezebel won in the end. Jezebel got him discouraged. Jezebel got him off track and he ran. Aren't we so glad that Elijah didn't give up? He does go back and return on the way. I want you to turn to one last verse. Turn to, turn to 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 10. It's just a few pages in front. It's still a story about Elijah. It's a story about another miracle. We're not going to go into that miracle. But I think as we read this one verse, you'll understand why we're there. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 10, it says, And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I be a man of God, then let what? Fire. Then let fire Come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. You see, Elijah became that prophet of fire again. Elijah was always known as being that prophet of fire, that, that the, the dramatic miracles of Elijah. And we remember that wonderful story on, on, on Mount Carmel when he calls that fire down from heaven. And it's so interesting to note that years later of getting back onto the path, staying faithful, we see Elijah becoming that prophet of fire again. How about Jezebel? Did she kill Elijah? No. Nobody did, right? He didn't even die. 
And we remember as Elijah and Elisha, as they were walking along, what does God send right between the both of them? A chariot of what? A chariot of fire. And if you believe like me that, that, he's, that he's one of the two messengers in the tribulation, the Bible says that out of their mouth comes what? Fire. You see, Elijah became that prophet on fire for God again. And God has that same desire for each and every one of you. God wants me to continue to be faithful in Brazil. God wants us to be able to continue to be faithful on the path that he has for you. Your path is different. I remember one time on the very first church plant, we were getting towards the end and there was a lot of difficulties. And I remember thinking that we were close to the end. And I remember saying to myself, okay, we're almost done. The next one will be easier. Interestingly enough, I'm now eight or nine years later. It was actually easier. But that's not the point. And the Holy Spirit actually convicted me at that exact moment. I said, I said, well, the next one will be easier. And the Holy Spirit just said those simple words of, what if it isn't? And the Holy Spirit doesn't even give up on that, on, on just on one point, right? Kind of digs a little bit deeper at other times. And I remember thinking in my head, what if it's even harder? Will you give up? Will you stop? All of us need to say, Lord, I want to be faithful to that path. Lord, I want to be able to continue to stay to be faithful. I, want to I don't want to coast, Lord. I don't want to say it's enough. I want to be faithful until the very end. I want to be able to be that man or woman on fire for God again. Let's, let's finish with a word of prayer. God of heaven, Lord, our time is gone. Lord, we do thank you just for just this time that we've been able to have to, to rejoice in your goodness remembering back to many good memories. And also, Lord, we, we pray that, that many more memories will be made as we continue to stay faithful, as we continue to stay on fire for you on the path that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you may be able to help each and every one of us to keep our focus on God and to be able to stay faithful until the very end. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.